Our centering verse for worship this morning is written in the book of Luke. As our theme, you can see on the bulletin cover about hands and feet, this text. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. Standing behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. We pause for a moment in silence, in ways in which our head, our hands, and our feet have been anointed. Please stand. Ultimate grace, the heart of every matter, in every perfection and imperfection, in all senses and tenses, in moments of every right and wrong, in every movement of hands and feet. You, O oh God, are reason behind all actions that are filled with mercy. You are among us now as we worship. Amen. Let us pray. Generous God, three in one, continue to speak your words of wisdom into our lives. Help us to embrace one another, our similarities, our differences, our concerns, and our joys. We long for your touch on our lives, that we might be your hands and feet to the world, inspire our hearts, heal our wounds, Bring your peace into our worries and your hope into our disappointments. Come, Lord, and weave your love into our fellowship together that we may overflow with grace and your truth. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Our sacred text today is from John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them till the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Israret, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. 
I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Nor that you know these, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Morning. Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Just one line from our prayer today. Let us pray. Lord, we long for your touch on our lives, that we might be your hands and feet to the world. Amen. Jesus said, do you understand what I've done for you? If I, your Lord and teacher, wash your feet, you should, you must now wash one another's. Pastor Scott, I want to thank you again for a thought-provoking theme that you set up for this summer. Hands and feet, instruments of God. You really come up with some hot ones. This one, I think, hits a little bit too close to home. Connecting love for God with service to others. A little heavy, I think, for Summer Chapel, but <laughs> feet to follow and hands to serve. Lessons from the Master Servant, Jesus. Now, there's no place in the Bible or in the teachings of Jesus where the message about hands and feet uh, in service to God and others is demonstrated more clearly, more visually, more powerfully than in Jesus last night with the 12 disciples. We often refer to it as the Last Supper, and oftentimes we hold up the bread and the wine and quote Jesus, take and eat this bread and drink this cup. But it's interesting that in John's Gospel, the accent isn't on bread and wine and what we need, but it's on the water and the towel and what we ought to do for others. Oh, yes. The uh, picture behind me is an illustration done by John August Swanson, whom I called and talked to last night. Um, if you should not be uh, totally absorbed by the sermon today, you might look at this, and you, might, and you might ask, why are there 14 adults in that picture? And then at the end of the, our, my time today with you, we'll take a look at possible answers to that question. The accent is on the basin of, of water and of the towel. These are the key elements of what I like to call the third sacrament. Maybe once a month we should set aside the bread and the wine and focus not on our need for forgiveness, but focus on our call to serve others. According to the Gospel of John, the ceremony of washing the feet with the water and the towel and the words of Jesus I washed your feet, now you should go and wash others, rings in our ears. This was the key lesson of the last night that needs to be experienced. Feet to follow, hands to serve. Now, I'll be honest, uh, Mary and I talked about this, that maybe I should wash someone's feet this morning as an illustration of this. Uh, if I did, it would have been somebody from facilities. Alex, it probably would have been you or Ryan, 
because I don't know of any part, anybody on campus who does more work of service, well, maybe the president's office, but facilities. But as we talked about it, we thought, well, whoever I might ask to come up here and do it, I'd probably more embarrass them than honor them, so we thought maybe we better set that one aside. The symbol is still important, but it's not quite the way in which we uh, do things today. Well, the water basin and the towel also, uh, uh, they're on my desk because they remind me of my installation service as the first bishop of the Grand Canyon Synod. It was 30-some years ago. I have to admit that that day I was secretly hoping for a crown and a little praise and glory. But you know who one of the persons who was on the planning committee? Pastor Melissa and the event planners, and they came up with me that day with the idea of a water basin and towel. Yep, Jesus' ceremony of the washing of feet. And then they brought up a parade of followers of people whose feet I would wash. There was an African, a Native American, a handicapped man, an elderly woman, and a young teenager. Turned out it was our son, Davy, And I washed each one of their feet. It was a powerful lesson and a reminder to me of what my job really was going to be all about. And it was a reminder of what had been done for us. And when, what Jesus invited us or commanded us to do for others. Feet to follow, hands to serve. And Jesus' words, if I, your Lord and teacher, wash your feet, you ought to wash one another's. Talk about words of institution. So in John's Gospel, both in chapter 12, before the washing of the feet, where his feet are also washed, and in chapter 15, which is after this, Jesus is quoted with one commandment, love one another as I have loved you. And how did he do it? Sacrificially, on his knees with water and towel, and of course on the cross with blood and pain. So how do we respond? Well, we have ears to hear, we have feet to follow, we have eyes to see and a heart to feel, and help and hands to help. Now, there are plenty of examples of how we are following and serving in every pew here today. And after worship today, you might think about where have you discovered special needs and offered a helping hand? And ask someone who's sitting around you where they discovered ways to help and serve folks who are hurting or have special needs. Sometimes we, uh, we uh, discover those things become we, because we come to this place around called the chapel. And we are reminded of the various ways by which we are called to serve. Understand there's a food pantry. Hmm. You mean there's some actually hungry people on campus? Remember uh, this spring there was a cow in the lobby inviting us to help youth of the church to help other people around the world through the upcoming assembly this summer. They, they were listening to these words. So whether it's in dorms or classrooms or in the offices or hallways, through tender thoughts, kind words, a gentle touch, acts of kindness, all gestures of service, and through each one people are served. And the Spirit brings help and healing and hope to a world in need. Feet follow and serve. We each could share today ways in which we have discovered that God has been calling us to help others.
past week on Sunday, I was up at the Ventura County Jail, which I go to about every three weeks, to lead in Bible study and prayer. And I have to say, I'm inspired by the inmates, <laughs> and they're signing up and coming to, uh, to a, a Bible study. And they are grateful for some words of encouragement and hope that they find in the Bible. I have to say, it's one of the few places that I'm still hanging on to and serving. There's others. My wife, Mary, of course, serves as a guardian angel, so she goes down to the L.A. court system uh, at least monthly, sometimes more often, make sure that the immigrants and those who have been brought there, or the refugees, are going to get a fair hearing. Feet follow and serve. Louise Evenson serves on the Lutheran World Relief Board that serves basic human needs all around the world. You might ask her about that and how she felt that calling. Husband Paul, he helps folk, folks discover compassion and generosity and to share their valuable assets with CLU and other places through scholarships, buildings, whatever. Where's a place where you have offered a helping hand? Could be with a friend or even a stranger. The church locally, nationally, and globally has seen and experienced Jesus with the water basin and the towel and reached out in so many different ways. It's why we have a thing called Lutheran Social Services that serve both local and national basic needs of food and lodging and, and clothes. I'm so proud of them. It's one of the largest nonprofits serving others in the nation. We also have Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service because we've been working with refugees, especially since the Second World War. I recently read that after the Second World War, one out of every six Lutherans were refugees from either Germany or Eastern Europe. No wonder we want to help. <clears throat> so how was CLU born? Well, five national churches and leaders there came together and said, you know what? Lutherans on the West Coast need Lutheran education too. Thanks be to God. And thanks be to God that today we have almost a third of our, of our student body being people from Hispanic background, living, learning, and working with us. Eyes here. Ears here, I see, feet follow, and serve. Food pantries, retirement centers, refugees, resettlement, immigrants, welcome, world hunger programs, disaster relief. I love our ELCA's motto, God's work, our hands. Well, for most of us, it was born that night when Jesus took off his robe, got on his knees, washed and dried dirty feet, and said, I have served you. Now you go and serve one another. Oh yeah, back to the picture before we finish. Why 14 instead of Jesus uh, and the 12? Hmm. You got, you got some ideas? Huh? What would you think might be a reason? Esther, I see you nodding your head. Women. That was one of my guesses too. And if you look at the picture, I think... One of the people in the back there on what is the right-hand side from our perspective looks to me like a woman. And it's interesting that just the chapter before, Mary, sister of Lazarus and Martha, washed Jesus' feet. Maybe she was invited in. Other speculation? Well, our time is limited. I would say that it might be for a reminder for us that you are also in that picture. 
What do you see in that sacred gesture? What touches your heart? What moves your feet to follow and your hands to serve? Prayers are the collection of the voices of God's people, raising concerns, hoping hopes, naming specific needs. So this morning for our prayer time, I invite you to lift those prayer needs up out loud. Or if that sounds a little too risky, at least hold them fiercely in your heart. We'll join our prayers together in the name of God. Holy God, as we provide for you the voice of our prayer, listen carefully to our need. For what would God's people pray? Hear our prayers, O Lord, and tend to them in due season. Amen. Please stand. Go now into the world with God's peace. Be of good courage. Hold on to what is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint of heart. Support the weak. Help the afflicted, honor everyone, love and serve the Lord. Amen. Amen.